Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America. Happy Election Day, a big election day it is going to be. There is no doubt, as President Joe Biden said in Maryland yesterday, that this election, the 2022 November 8th midterm elections, is a generational change election. The consequences of this election will be felt for years and decades. That's according to Joe Biden, and I agree with him on that. All of the warning signs are here that Americans are going to make a significant statement. Now, the danger is Republicans may think that tonight is about they're getting a mandate. They have been hired. They have been affirmed for their policy. That's not what is going on in the polling data that I have been able to work with over the last few days. As you're going to hear in a little bit from my interview with the great pollster, Robert Cahaley of Trafalgar Group, people today are voting against the chips they have been playing with the last couple of years. Think of this as a casino. All night long, you've been betting on red and you realize I lost every round. I'm going to bet on black because I just keep losing. That is what's at hand here. Americans tonight will make a statement that the direction of the company, as Gallup found 81% in the wrong direction, is the wrong direction. We're going to make a change in direction. We're going to make a course correction. That is Republicans, most likely, in many of these races tonight. But it does not mean that the Republican Party has made a deal to be hired with the American public. They've just not the Democrats right now. And the next six months after this election will determine whether Americans are for the agenda, the vision of America that Republicans have. What they'll be saying tonight, if all the polls are correct and early indicators are that they are, they do not like the far left blue vision that Joe Biden and AOC and Liz Warren and Kamala Harris brought into it. Quite frankly, they're not even that fond of the Barack Obama version. Barack Obama was a little more moderating this last week, but even his vision of America isn't quite what Americans are sold on. This will be a termination election, a firing election. The Democratic Party is just being fired tonight. The Republican Party has to prove that it deserves to be hired 
And that will play out in the weeks and months after that. Now, we have 24-7 coverage on Just the News. Go download the Just the News app. Make it simple. You'll get all the news alerts. But let's be on top of all the news today. We'll cover you at justthenews.com. I'm going to be on air all night at Real America's Voice, giving analysis there as well, alongside of my amazing colleague, Amanda Head. But we have three special guests that we interviewed in advance for today. Three special guests that have three perspectives three fingers on the pulse of the dynamics likely to drive tonight's election. First up, Robert Cahaley, as I mentioned, he is the head of the Trafalgar Group, one of the polls that have been consistently right in the Trump era. He's going to tell us what he's seeing, what his predictions are, what to be watching for in the early night, what to be watching for later in the evening. And the difference between Republicans being hired, which I don't think is happening yet, and Democrats being fired. And so think of the Republicans as an interim manager after the lead manager of a baseball team has been fired. That is what he talks about. He talks about, he gives that casino analogy that I just mentioned on air. Robert Cahaley is going to be our first guest. Then we're going to go take a look at the one part of the electric that has had the most radical changes, the most reorientation of their political views since the 2020 election. We saw it in Virginia first with Glenn Youngkin's unexpected victory there. Latinos, Hispanics in America, very unsettled by how far the Democratic Party has gone to the left. They still are probably at their heart, a majority Democratic demographic, but the Democratic Party has, according to the polls that we've been looking at, left the Hispanic and Latino community, particularly as it relates to the economy and as it relates to parents' rights to have a say over their children. Is the school bureaucrat going to determine if your child gets an abortion or if your child gets a transgender change or if your child learns about highly sexualized things at an age that doesn't feel appropriate to the parent? Or does the parent get that? Does the government get to co-parent with parents or do parents have an absolute right that issue has significantly moved the Hispanic vote. And so Halet Frahella of the extraordinary Latino news site ADN America, one of our partners, Just the News works very closely with them. That's one of our favorite sites. Halet Frahella, she escaped Cuba and the socialism that was there after being a childhood star on Cuban television, came to America lawfully, has been an incredible journalist and started ADN America. Halet is going to break down the dynamic that's going on in the Latino-Hispanic community. And then I'm going to wrap up with what has always been a bellwether state for elections. And this year, it will be again, Florida. Will Witt is the new editor of the incredible new website, news website, called the Florida Standard. Will's a rising star in politics and in news, and he's going to talk to us about Florida. Is it becoming a red state instead of a swing state? And what races, those central Florida races particularly, and maybe Dade County, that will be a bellwether of not only how Florida leans, but how the whole country leans in this election. Will Witt's going to give us his predictions of what he has seen on the ground. Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis versus Donald Trump. In the sentiments of the Latino vote, suburban mom vote, the snowbird flea vote, all those who left blue New England and tri-state area to go south, he's going to give us the finger on that. So Robert Cahaley, Halet Frahella, Will Witt, an all-star special, getting you ready for tonight's election returns. And of course, watch justthenews.com 24-7. We'll have you covered. Download the app from the iOS and or Android store, depending on your phone, your smartphone, your tablet. 
and watch all night long on Real America's Voice, the live coverage that we'll have. That'll be really fun. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Robert Cahaley, pollster and chief political strategist at Trafalgar Group. He'll be up first, followed by Halette Frahella from ADN America and Will Witt from the Florida Standard. Back to back to back right after these commercial messages. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Our next guest is going to let us know what he thinks, whether it's going to be a red wave or not, maybe a red tsunami. I have heard that there is a blood moon that's going to happen tomorrow, so maybe that is an omen of what's to come. Robert Cahaley, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. All right. So we are, uh, I don't know if we're 24 hours away from knowing results because I think a lot of the races will be decided in the days and weeks to come after uh, tomorrow, unfortunately. But I want to get on the eve of midterms. What is your final prediction in the House and the Senate? What's the breakdown going to be? I'd say in the House, uh, first of all, let me say this. This is something that, that I've been come talking about for weeks now. I think there's a segment of Republicans since Biden's speech uh, that are what I call uh, submerged voters that are not showing up on anybody's polling. And it's not like the mm-hmm. traditional we had before with Trump shy voters. These people aren't taking polls at all because they are convinced that the Biden administration has criminalized political thought and political behavior. And they're very worried that these polls will serve as a basically a de facto list of MAGA Republicans. And they don't want to, you know, they don't want to be canceled. They don't want to be investigated. They don't want to be audited. They believe all this is possible. 
And so I don't know how many there are on these because, again, I can't poll them. These, aren't, these people will not take polls. I've estimated it could be as many as half a point to all the way to five points. So wow. I say, I say, per state. So I will say everything I say, understand that when I talk about wave and tsunami, that's the difference. Tsunami means it's going to be the big number. Um, but so I think if we have just a regular what I expect is just a base Republican wave. I think we're probably looking at 20, 25 seats for the House. If we get this, if that hit that, that uh, submerged vote is as big as I think it could be, you could be talking north of 30. Senate, I think we're going to naturally win two seats. Uh, and again, if that wave is as big as we think it could be, I think you could be talking 55. But I think two is what I would say is what I think we're going to get. And anything else is just going to be get a little bigger than that if it just depends. Yeah. In the last couple of weeks, there's clearly a lot of uh, voters who finally made their mind up, mostly independents in the middle. What are the issues that are driving them to make their decision and who's been getting the benefit of those independent voters? Well, these voters clearly think that the top issue is uh, democracy and the second issue is abortion. No, that's not what they think. That's what they think they think. No, these these voters are concerned with the economy. Uh, these voters are concerned with, uh, I mean, they're worried about their kids overdosing, uh, grandkids on fentanyl. They are concerned about the price of gas. They're concerned about supply chain. They're concerned about their daily lives and how difficult things have gotten. And, and many of them dependent upon where they live, and it's very dependent upon where they live. But many suburban and urban voters are very worried about crime. I mean, very worried. And when you you know you ask people in the rural areas, they're like, "Well, that's what you get for living in the city." <laughs> but no, yeah. But it's, it's serious though. They're very worried about it, and just the idea of you can't reliably. One of the questions we ask is, "Do you feel safe going to a convenience store or a grocery store at night?" I mean, that, you'd be surprised how many people have very strong feelings when you ask that question. Wow. Yeah, and there seems to be a lack of consistency with Democrats' messaging. As, as you look through the, the transition from messaging to messaging during this election cycle, it started with abortion is on the ballot, you know, women's rights and, and bodily autonomy for women. Then it shifted to, no, crime's really not that bad. Just look at the numbers. And now it is democracy is on the ballot. And and. It seems that there have been so many changes in their messaging that they haven't really given their own voters anything to grab onto. Have you seen any of this latest messaging have any effect for Democrats? No, I think that's exactly right. And, and the crime thing is, is interesting because what they say on crime is it just gets covered more. So they can accept that crime seems worse because it gets covered more. But at the same time, climate change must be indicated by these hurricanes and tornadoes since they're covered more because they haven't been an increase. So it's an interesting double standard that one means climate change and one doesn't mean crime. Um, no, I haven't seen any of it catching on. Uh, and frankly, they talk about how big the number of threat to democracy is. Well, there's a lot of Republicans who think the FBI raided the former president's home the FBI working with Facebook right. and Twitter, pro-life activists mm -hmm. having SWAT teams at their house, they think that's the threat to democracy. 
Yeah, uh, there's no doubt. Uh, I've been looking at some of the data, not as closely as you, but it seems like uh, a small shift of African-American voters to the Republican Party, Latinos a to the Republican Party, shift, a lot more. what I would say. It's not even yeah, a shift. That's it's right. A it's been going on. That's yeah. right. That's a really great point because it's been going on since 2016. Absolutely. That's right. Trump, Trump hit unprecedented numbers. And, and what it is, is just it's the waking up, pardon the woke expression, but it's so many people <laughs> have realized, I mean, that the, in, in the African-American community and in the Hispanic community, that they take their faith seriously. And that this Democratic Party that used to be a party that embraced faith, uh, a party that talked about abortion being safe, legal and rare, has now gone to an extreme that they're not comfortable with. and Yeah, shout your abortion. Exactly. And some people are just tired of being taken for granted. I mean, every voter in America needs to be able to make decisions based on what they think is best for them and not have anybody assume how they're going to vote. Yeah. Robert, I know that you've done a lot of this polling, and I've seen it across the board with uh, with respect to Democrats. The the question of have Democrats made a good enough case for you to vote for him, and consistently across the board, Democrats by and large say no. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to come out and vote Republican. Do they just not show up? Well, we actually asked the question to all voters: Have the Republicans made the case to earn your vote? And the answer is also no. So this wow. this is and this was a few months ago. The, what what this is is the idea that people don't like what they have. And so when you look at a generic ballot, you look at these races. You know, this country is not becoming Republican. It's like a bunch of people who have been at the casino all night and they've been betting red and it didn't work. And they said, <laughs> "I'm going to try betting black for a while." So I look at yeah, it this way. Yeah. They, there's a lot of people in America who, who are going to give the Republicans a test drive tomorrow. They're not buying this car until they're convinced. And so, you know, this new leadership in Congress will need to do something to convince them that this is the right move. Because there's a lot of people who are just dissatisfied. I mean, a lot of Trump vote in 2016 is people who are just tired of what they had. And they're tired of what they have. So Republicans should not take this for granted. Yeah, they're not being hired. The other team is getting exactly. fired. Let me ask you to to get rehired in 2024. What are some of the things Republicans should do to connect with the voters that are throwing the Democrats out right now? Well, they need to do things that people can see. Uh, they need to, frankly, fight. I mean, if, if it means going to a shutdown, whatever it is, to do something about uh, getting more capacity for uh, energy. That's the first thing they can do, and that help lower the energy cost. Uh, because one of the things that's been said, and I think Trump said this too, if Russia wasn't making much money on oil, they don't have the money to fight a war. I mean, you've got to do something about the cost of energy. Yeah, and America, and we could. I mean, this situation over in Europe, if we were pumping tons of extra natural gas, could be America's benefit, and Americans could make a great deal of money on this and could help. The, our neighbors over there. Uh, they also need to do something about the Department of Education. And though a lot of this craziness has been fought state by state, they need to ban this craziness coming from Washington. Department of Education wants to fund this. Maybe they can defund it. I mean, there's some st- there's some fights they can have. And frankly, I just don't know that Biden will kind of pull a Clinton and sign a bunch of stuff that nobody that thinks he would sign right now. Mm. Very quickly before we go, um, it, we've seen a shift of suburban moms 
Some of them came out for President Trump in 2016, but then in 2020, they, they departed from that ticket. What are you seeing in, in suburban moms and their vote this time around? Well, I did not buy that there was a huge move in suburban moms this year because they all said that when people were voted, they were, they were all focused on abortion. We found some were focused on abortion. We asked them to rank your safety going to the grocery store at night, uh, rank your worry that your children mm -hmm. could overdose on fentanyl. It was ahead of abortion. And so I think they've, they've made a mistake, but they live in these bubbles of New York, Washington, D.C., and they don't understand that. So, I mean, first yeah. of all, with abortion. Robert, I'm so sorry we have um, to let you go. Your insight into this is unmatched. We will have you back on to discuss the results tomorrow. Thank you so much for being with absolutely. us. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Wow, that was a great discussion with Robert Cahaley, wasn't it? A lot of food for thought there. And keep in mind that casino analogy. I think as the night goes on tonight, you're going to be able to see that that is a true prediction of what's going on. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Halet Frajela, one of the most important voices in the news media for Latinos and Hispanics in America, up next to tell us about what's going on in that demographic heading into tonight's election. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.US slash Just News. That's AMAC.US forward slash Just News. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. 
Joining us right now, the editor-in-chief of ADN America, one of the most important voices and news sources in the Hispanic American community, Halet Frajela. Halet, great to have you on. Hi, John and Amanda. Thank you so much for having me on this show. It is a great honor. You have been doing such great work breaking down what's really going on in the Hispanic American community. Uh, some really smart stories in ADN America the last week. Tell us some of the trend lines. When you talk to voters, what are they telling you? What are the forces shaping up behind this election? Well, thank you so much for your words. The short story here, John, is that the Hispanic red wave is real and is getting stronger. Uh, we reported some new polls this morning from surveys conducted by the Wall Street Journal that say Republicans have picked up six points among the Latino community since August. And there is an interesting breakdown that I want to share with you guys. One of the trends we've seen that has also been noticed by the American Enterprise Institute is that most of the Hispanics leaving their, the Democratic Party working blue-collar jobs and did not finish college. And the reason this is important is because it's a sign that we we saw this blue-collar revolution among whites in 2016 when people left the Democratic Party to vote for former President Trump. And now this trend is spreading among other demographics like the Latinos and Blacks. So what, what we've seen here and the reason... Um, a lot of people are talking about this is because while this red wave can partially be attributed to, you know, Hispanics rejecting this radical transgender agenda in school and protecting uh, parental parents' rights, working class people are realizing actually that they they have similar concerns when it comes to the inflation, when they, it comes to the cost of living, and that their ethnicity and their race don't really matter. Amazing. And, you know, the, this red wave among Hispanic communities, I know that Democrats don't really want to acknowledge it. But what's interesting to me is that we were speaking to Robert Cahaley about this. When when Democrats are polled and they say that the Democrat Party hasn't done enough to win their votes, they may just not show up. But in the Hispanic community, I've seen something really interesting. I live in Los Angeles, a large Hispanic population. Mm-hmm. Not only do they think Democrats haven't made a case, but they're angry because they feel like they, they've they've given their votes to Democrats for a long time, and Democrats have thrown it away and and have really just they haven't appreciated the fact that Hispanics have voted for them for so long. Do you see that? Oh, you're absolutely right. That that's right on point. And one of the the issues and the sentiment that we hear in the community is that they don't really matter to the party. That they only matter every two years when they need their vote. And this is evident on all of the issues that the Democrats have overpromised, but they have never been willing to compromise and actually pass a lot of the immigration reforms. They they have proposed very radical reforms in terms of immigration that they never accomplished. And when you look actually at how Hispanics feel they're more in the center. They're willing to compromise. They're willing to find common grounds and they're not in this radical, you know, they don't support these radical agendas that unfortunately the, the, the Democratic Party is supporting right now. So there, that is the, across the board, that's a sentiment that we are really seeing in, um, among many people. And another interesting thing, Amanda, is that when you break down the vote by country of origin, like you're in LA, so you probably are around a lot of Mexican Americans, mm-hmm. people coming from Salvador and Nicaragua. So the issues that matter to those voters are also tend to be different, but the Democratic Party has always speak to the, to the Hispanics in the same way, like they're a monolithic group and we're not. 
Yeah. It's Lots some, of different types of tacos, as Jill Biden yeah, would say. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was a Joe Biden or maybe a Jill Biden line. It was one of those <laughs> yeah. two. Yeah. Um, what this is, a, if, if the Democrats are being fired this election, so this is a shift uh, driven by the fact that we're rejecting Democrats, uh, what do Hispanics want to see from Republicans in the next two years to be hired? Meaning, next time we want you back. What are the issues that are most important to them to close the deal for another two years of support? Well, I think the economy is so important. I think uh, keeping this country free, there are two reasons why Hispanics come to this country. It's freedom and it's prosperity. And the progressive wing that has taken over the Democratic Party has done a very bad job on those two. They're a danger to liberty and they destroy the American economy. So I think those are two issues that Hispanics really want Republicans to stand up for, liberty and the economy. I wanted to ask you, you know, the Hispanic community is for the most part, a very traditional community. They care about Mm -hmm. traditional values and family and faith, religion. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Of all of the progressive issues that seem to be now a part of the Democrat Party platform, it seems to me that the trans agenda is the one that's most disturbing to the Hispanic community because of that deep-rooted foundation of tradition. Is that the case? Yes, and it's also not just... um about religion and tradition is about common sense. I think a lot of parents have just said this is enough. You know, this, this radical transgender idea that, uh, that they're trying to instill among children and this gender affirmative uh, agenda that they're trying to implantate in school, it's carrying a lot of parents. It's carrying a lot of parents in my community, people that I talk to, even if they're not uh, so religious, even if they don't go to church every Sunday, like a lot of Hispanics do, they are concerned because I think they, they have pushed this agenda too much. It's very radical. It, it differs a lot from the gay and lesbian movement. They have politicized this into an extreme and people are concerned, uh, extremely concerned. I was driving through the countryside in Virginia, of all places, uh, over the weekend, and I saw a sign, and it was a handwritten sign. It's pretty big, actually, good size, and it said, "I fled Venezuela to get rid or to flee uh, socialism. Don't let it come here." I thought it was a very powerful sign. It was handwritten, had some nice little uh, signs and symbols all around it. But uh, that idea that maybe America has become big government socialism that people fled other countries for, is that becoming more prevalent in the communities and Latino communities in America? That idea is definitely something that you hear um, among many Hispanics and not only conservative, not only Republicans. I speak to, you know, Democrats that are Hispanics, and they are, they're also seeing this trend. I think there is, um, there is something that is very evident, and this is this idea to divide America in two groups, oppressed and oppressors. And that is Mar- those are the more Marxist ideas. And what you're seeing this with this gender ideology, with this tri- radical transgender uh, agenda with critical race theory is that they try to divide us among two groups. And that is just, it's, it's, it's not real. It is exactly what people do in order to catalyze on the frictions of a society to Im- implantate and to put like this very radical agendas and it's divisive and people from Latin America are going to reject it. It is definitely a big concern among Cuban Americans. Another big concern among Cuban Americans is obviously the Cuba policy. Uh, the Biden administration has done a very poor job in terms of Cuba. People are disappointed. They're disappointed also about uh, what they have done in Venezuela, trying to ask for oil for the Maduro regime. So all these issues that there is a 
it seems like some sympathy or less th this this administration is that being strong against these regimes, I think is going to take a toll in this area for sure. Okay, you bring up Venezuela and Cuba, and there is one district or, or county in the country that I'm keeping a very close eye on, Miami-Dade. Could it possibly go red for the first time in, what, nearly 40 years? Yes, uh, what we have seen in Miami, and obviously I'm embedded in this community, so we keep a close eye on, on the issues that matter here. A lot of people are concerned about the Cuba policy. A lot of people are really going out to vote to try to keep the seats that Republicans are holding, like Senator Rubio, like Maria Elvira Salazar. And the reason is because they are afraid that as soon as the midterms uh, pass, uh, this administration is going to change Cuba policy. They're being yeah. too soft in, in terms of Cuba. And, you know, we have seen as ma so many Cubans had even uh, moved to from Democrats to Republican. Historically, Cubans have voted uh, Republican, but it's also a swing vote. But what we have seen since the past election and the 2016 also is that Cuban Americans are also moving increasingly to the right, but also Colombians, also Venezuelans, also Nicaraguan. Let's not forget that we have a socialist in Colombia like Petro and this administration, people at the National Security Council like Juan Gonzalez, yeah call Petro and congratulate him and call him, refer to him as his excellency. Those are issues that really resonate among this community and are really concerning for this community, not just Cubans, but Colombians and everyone who stands for freedom and everyone who stands for human rights in Latin America. Uh, that's such a great analysis. And a lot of people in the media are missing these trend lines, but not if you read ADN America like I do every morning. One of the most important news sites in the country. All that great honor to have you on today. We'll be watching your election coverage. Thank you so much, both of you. All right, folks, don't touch that dial. Don't go anywhere. Will Witt, the editor of the Florida Standard, one of the exciting new news sites in all of Florida, here to talk about that battleground state, what's going on, what will be the bellwethers in Florida that will tell us not only what's going on in Florida, but going on across this entire great country as election night 2022 rolls on. We'll have that right after this commercial break. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Our next guest is one of the brightest minds in all of politics. He just started a brand new news site in Florida that is tearing it up called the Florida Standard. He is Will Went. Will, great to have you back on the show. Hey, thanks. I'm always glad to be here. As Florida goes, so does the country go. Uh, what are you seeing in the final hours of the 2022 midterm elections? People moving, Latinos seem to be moving. What do you, what's your prediction for Florida? 
Well, I think you kind of said it right there. I mean, as Dennis Prager used to say, my old boss, that America was the last best hope for the world. I think Florida is the last best hope for America. And what's happening in this state, the energy that is here, I just got back actually from speaking at an event with Anna Paulina Luna, her last campaign event before the election. Uh, she's running in District 13. And just the amount of people who come. And I, I think what's so important to note about many of these elections that are taking place in the state is that most people are fed up with politics. Most people are apathetic about politics. But they understand that this election is about more than that. They understand it's about their humanity. It's about their right to be able to have freedom in this country away from vaccine mandates, lockdowns, churches closing, things like that. It's, there's a lot more on the line, it feels like, to a lot of people than just, oh, you know, I, I, I want lower taxes because I'm a Republican and, and different right. things because I'm a Democrat. It's about actual issues with an oligarchy that controls us and people want to break away from that. Yeah, I mean, I I can tell you the political fatigue is palpable. I was at the gym on the treadmill, and every time a political ad came on the TV, I saw people just shaking their heads, and I could practically hear the groans through my Beats headphones. People are definitely ready for this to to be over tomorrow night, and then for some states, of course, in the days and weeks to come. But I wanted to ask you, the elephant in the room in Florida right now is the new nickname for your governor, Ron DeSantis. President Trump said Ron to sanctimonious. It seemed to me like a pretty lighthearted jab, but a lot of people, of course, are up in arms over this, you know, suggesting that it was insulting and that President Trump meant it in a mean or malicious way. I just want to get your thoughts on it. I have to I tend to agree with you. I think everyone needs to stop being a bunch of babies and understand this is how Trump is. He (laughs) makes fun of people. He makes jokes sometimes. I mean, if Trump saw his best friends, he'd probably rib them and make jokes about him, too, just in that type of way. You know, I I personally don't think there's that level of ill will or bad blood between them that a lot of people are going to come on and say, I really don't think it's a big deal. And the the biggest deal that people are talking about is like, oh, why are you creating this division, dividing it right before the election? It's like, yeah. No one's going to not vote for DeSantis now because of what Trump said the other day. It's like it doesn't even matter. Every single Floridian who's a Republican conservative and a lot of independents and Democrats who have seen what he's done that's so great are still going to come out and vote for Ron. Trump, I mean, they just did polling in the state of Florida where they showed Trump versus Ron DeSantis for a 2024 bid. And it was clear that Ron DeSantis was favored. So it's not like what Trump says is going to sway people to be on the other side. Yeah, it's just a media story because I got nothing else to write about. Their Dems are doing so badly. I got to find something else to talk about. It's kind of funny. When I think of Florida in the last three years, I think of freedom more than anything. Anyone I know who's moved there said, I'm coming here because I want freedom. I live in a free state when they get there. uh, Masks off, teach your kids stayed in school, uh, no income tax. It seems like Florida is exactly what the founding fathers hoped federalism would prove. States' rights would show the best way to run a government. Do you think other states are now modeling themselves saying, you know what, what Florida did, that's what we've got to do? Oh, of course. I mean, Texas, Nevada, Arizona, I think a lot of these states are kind of taking the blueprint of Florida and saying, okay, if Ron DeSantis jumps, I can jump too. Uh, But I think that without Ron DeSantis, most of these Republican governors and senators, congressmen across the state or across other states are not going to do the brave things that many of them have been doing now because they kind of needed that leader to come in and show them how it's done. You know, Trump was never a governor. He showed a lot of people how we can stand up to the left, how we stand up to the media, but he was never a governor on policy. And so I think a lot of Republicans across the country are looking at Ron DeSantis as their, for lack of a better word, their idol when it comes to how you're supposed to run a state where not just not just how to get 
conservatives to like you, but actually to make jobs and lives better for every person living there. I think that's the thing that's so important about what's happening here in Florida is that Ron DeSantis has done things in here that aren't just for political talking points or to get on the media or something like that. He's done things that actually benefit everyone in Florida, even the Democrats. The Democrats in Florida should be so happy about what Ron DeSantis has done because he has made Florida into a place that is great for them to live. The fact that they have they can go and complain and have free speech on social media here and send their kids to school so they can go on Twitter all day is because of the fact that Ron DeSantis has done such great things. So uh, everyone needs to come around and understand that. And I hope that Republicans continue to do that across the country. Yeah, well, I know you live in Florida, but you are also very good at testing the winds of national races. I want to get your official prediction for tomorrow. What do you think is going to transpire as far as uh, majority numbers in the House and the Senate? I think that, you know, what, what happens, excuse me, what is happening here in Florida that's so interesting is that we're about to get potentially a supermajority in this state. So uh, I think we're about four seats in both the Senate and the House, the State House and Senate here in Florida. And I see a lot of other places across the country not getting that much of a supermajority boost and getting that much. But I see that there is a massive red wave coming. And I don't think you need to be a rocket scientist. I think you could ask really anyone on the street and say, who do you think is going to win this next election? And they'd say, oh, yeah, the Republicans are going to take this without a shadow of a doubt. So uh, I, I think it's going to be a wash. But the thing that I find that is the scariest for me is that in 2010, we had a red wave before and we really didn't get anything of note done. And so I'm hoping right. that the Republicans who we actually elect this time around are people like Carrie Lake, people like Ron DeSantis, and a lot of people follow their lead, like I was saying before, and say, listen, there are problems in this country. Our people have problems right now. We are in a crisis of meaning and and and, and God right now. What can we actually do to help this and, and fix what what's going on. So again, it's not just politics, it's a spiritual battle. And I think we're going to have a red wave. I just hope that the Republicans who get elected understand what we're really up against in this country. Yeah. Some of my smartest friends have said the most important day of the election will be November 9th. What will Republicans do when they win uh, to show that they mean business and not just status quo with a little bit of red sprinkled over the top of it? Uh, I want to ask one quick question. There's some bellwether races. I was just on with Sean Hayne. I said, listen, I'm watching that central Florida belt there from Tampa all the way over uh, to the East Coast. What do you that's a purplish blue area the last few elections. What are you thinking is going to happen there? Well, I think that what we've seen like in Miami where we had the early voting come and actually show that there were more Republican early voters uh, in that county is just an amazing thing. And I think a lot of that is, of course, to the Hispanic vote. But I think a lot of that, again, is just because of what Ron DeSantis has done. And people, again, aren't so interested in just, oh, this is a Republican ticket, so I'm going to vote ours all down the way. It's because they understand freedom and that's what they really want. So I see that, again, this supermajority is what we're heading for. Seats that haven't been blue or haven't been red in a very long time in the state of Florida are looking to flip. And I see that happening all over the state. Amazing. Well, John, you are one of the smartest people I know in politics, and Will, you are as well. So with respect to that November 9th date, what will Republicans do with the majority? Will, I wanted to ask your opinion. A lot of people seem to think that a Speaker McCarthy is inevitable, but there seems to be an undercurrent of a Speaker Jordan possibility and maybe a few other names floated as far as actually taking advantage of a Republican majority. Who gets the most done as Speaker? It's, it's hard to say. All I can really say is that the swamp in DC is so terrible that it's hard for me to imagine that something doesn't, that something actually good for once changes when it comes to the federal government, when it comes to the federal Republicans who are there in Washington, DC. So, you know, it's easy for us to be hopeful and say, yeah, you know, we're going to have Jordan and, and new speaker and all of this, and it's going to be a lot better. But 
I expect more of the same, more of the old guard who's going to continue to stick around forever and isn't really going to change anything. I think what's what's really needed is kind of the term balkanization. And a lot of people need to stop putting so much faith in the federal government and what yeah. the government, uh, the, the, the federal uh, Congress and Senate are doing. But actually look at their state governments and say, okay, how can my state actually do things or my local governments do things to actually make my life better? I honestly think we put a lot too much credence on these people and people idolize them when in reality, they should be looking at them as our employees because we're paying their salaries through our taxes. So it's hard to say. Novel concept, isn't it? Uh, Well, just real quickly, Florida Standard has burst onto the scene. It's one of my first reads in the morning now. Tell us a little bit how people can get there and what's been going on in the first few months. Yeah, you can go to the flstandard.com and check out our website for all of our breaking news. You can subscribe to our email list. Also, all social media at the FL Standard. And we're doing great things. People don't understand that even though Florida is very conservative right now, a lot of places flipping – the media landscape is still highly slanted to the left. The Miami Sentinel, uh, or the Miami Herald, the Orlando Sentinel, it's hard to know mm-hmm. what's actually going on. And so we came in to say, we want to treat this state fairly and show the people what is fairly happening in this state. So check us out and everything that we're doing. Thank you. It is a it is a fantastic read. Like I said, one of my first things I check every morning now. So congratulations. All right. We'll be checking in with you after the election. A lot to talk about. Will, great to be with you today. Hey, great to be here, guys. Thank you so much. All right, folks, we've got one last interview before we call it an evening. Jordana Schiffinelli. Jordana Schiffinelli, the Republican nominee for lieutenant governor in Maryland. She has been fighting to get parents' rights established in Maryland, has made it the focal point of her candidacy there, and has a new revelation. We wrote about it at Just the News over the last couple of days about a math for social justice effort, an effort to inject liberal ideology into required math courses going on in Maryland. She thinks it violates one of the tenets of state law. We're going to have that before we wrap up our Election Day special. Let's take a quick commercial break. Jordana Schiffinelli right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. It's election day. And where's Joe Biden's last stop on the map? He's going to Maryland. You know why? You might be nervous about this next candidate. She's the Republican nominee for lieutenant governor, making waves all across Maryland by standing up for parents and also highlighting some of the crazy things that education bureaucrats are imposing on the children of Maryland. And joining us right now, the lieutenant governor nominee. Jordana Schiffinelli. Jordana, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, John. 
You have been such a clarion voice in, in fighting for the parents and children of Maryland and exposing some of the things that these bureaucrats in the education bureaucracy are trying to slip in. Another really good one this past weekend. We had a story on Just the News. Math for Social Justice, a Towson University project workshop, training math, trying to stick in some of those social values in a required mandatory math class. Tell us a little bit about what you found and why it's so disturbing. Been a fight for Maryland parents and students uh, since 2020, since I got involved uh, when they kept the schools shut and started using political activism in schools to defund the police. At that time, it was defund the police. Now, fast forward two years, it is first they were talking about, you know, race, 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 and now they migrated to gender, LGBTQ plus. Uh, transgender indoctrination. That's the next step. And so what happened is Maryland State, this is the state of Maryland shelf curriculum. This is the curriculum that was designed by the state of Maryland appointed people by our Governor Holman. They created this health curriculum that uh, that starts about uh, family units and then it evolves to sex ed and sex education. And through the evolving process from kindergarten through 12th grade, the students start to get through, you know, from different types of families, such as two mommies, two daddies, one mommy, one daddy, and so forth, to without actually giving a sample of mom and dad. That, that's not a sample, an example to give. It's, uh, so what, starting with the kindergarten, talking about the different types of family, all the way through oral sex and type of different sexual practices and normalizing something that under common law would have been considered perverted, uh, sexual practices, and in, uh, and in, under Maryland common law uh, process, some of those sexual practices are actually criminalized. So, um, so this is the, well, this is how it evolved. Uh, parents in Maryland are not able to opt out uh, for the curriculum that's taught in health uh, uh, class. It's a health uh, framework if they go from kindergarten through fourth grade. So you can't opt out. You have to sit there. But after fifth and sixth grade, as uh, uh, the, stu the students are given a choice to opt out. Now, a lot of students and a lot of parents uh, are actually do uh, wishing to opt out, and it becomes a really um, disturbing, uh, disturbing situation, starting from talking about different types of sex through uh, samples and examples of different types of sex. Many schools, I particularly meaning uh, Howard County Middle School Library, I pulled the gender queer book. It is, uh, it is a, uh, it's disturbing um, pornographic material imposed on the students, that's the middle school, six through six through eighth grade. So since a lot of parents and the teachers union is expecting that a lot of parents will opt out, the next step for them is to impose LGBTQ plus teaching and sexualization and different type of pronouns and different type of gender into other subjects, such as math, such as science, such as reading. So right now in the past two weeks, there is a training going on in Towson University in Maryland where the teachers are getting $150 stipends to attend this training. And the training talks about uh, math, transgenderism, and social justice in math. So for an example, instead of doing A, B, C equation, algebraic expressions, equalities and inequalities, graphing, uh, charts, and algebra one and algebra two, the students are instead 
talking about uh, LGBTQ uh, type of math problems. So, for an example, there's a graph, and then you have, you know, male volleyball players and basketball players, female basketball players, and the question is, okay, what do you think uh, LGBTQ uh, student that's a non-binary uh, feels, or how does that student feel when a math is describing uh, four results in basketball game between male and female basketball players. And so the question is, what do you think, students, how does a non-binary person feel if they're not represented in that particular math problem? So all the math problems, statistical probabilities, any kind of example, instead of using uh, X, Y, and Z, A, B, and C, zeros and ones, they're doing the LGBTQ variable and then talking about these kind of new terminologies and sexualized type of samples where if a student doesn't know what non-binary is, they can't answer the math problem. So it forces students to actually... Holding the students hostage, aren't they? Yeah, and it, it's forcing students to, to get involved instead of figuring out whether... Uh, you know, what is a dependent and what is an independent variable, they're trying to figure out, is this a binary or is this uh, LGBTQ plus? Is this a queer? Is this a trans? What is this? And so that's what the teachers are being right now in training to impose. And when you think about these things, again, parents cannot opt out of math. They cannot opt out of language arts. They cannot opt out of like every single subject where now they are imposing this kind of doctrines and teachings, um, which of course confuses uh, students and it doesn't promote healthy environment for learning. That is the part that I am uh, much, very much against and where in fact, under Maryland Code of Regulations, parents are allowed to opt out if there is a particular lesson that violates norms and uh, violates standards set forth by each family, by each parent. But you can't opt out of math if they have to figure out who's non-binary in a basketball game. And so it's just bizarre, but at the bottom, but, but bottom line is it's promoted by Maryland Teachers Association. National Teachers Union is forcing these absurd policies nationwide, and Maryland is not an exception to this catastrophic attack on students. It really is pretty remarkable. And they really are. They, they figured out the system. They realize, okay, there's a lot of places where parents can opt out. So we'll put it in the one place parents can't opt out because no one can get through school without getting through their math course. Pretty remarkable effort in here. And it shows a little bit about just how duplicitous some of these efforts are. You have been running for lieutenant governor. You have crisscrossed your state time and time again. You've met with voters. What are they telling you is motivating them in this election? What are their concerns and what are their hopes for the future? Very good question, because uh, uh, ABC News to, uh, uh, came out with a poll that said we have zero chance of winning. And that's a motivating factor. Parents want to prove uh, mainstream media how wrong they are uh, on, on all issues, uh, kitchen table issues or schools. You know, grandparents, one of our best volunteers are grandparents. You know, recently I was crisscrossing the state during early voting, and I saw 82-year-old grandfather holding a sign, had enough, vote Republican. And when I said, how long have you been standing there? He's been, he was standing at that particular polling location in Savannah Park, 
since 7 o'clock in the morning, and when I met him, it was 2 p.m. He had no food, no drink, and he was shaking and holding that sign and saying, I just want safety and prosperity for my grandchildren. Please do something about it. I'm standing for them. Um, I have 69,000 miles on my car since January. Um, it is insane, but but I can tell you something. So Prince George's County in Maryland is close to D.C., and there's a lot of uh, black voters. They were all walking with masks, wearing masks on. That is where Biden is right now as we speak. Right now he's in Prince George's County. So for your audience to know why is he there, he's there because eight out of ten black voters in Prince George's County, as I was talking to them, are switching votes and voting for us. So he, Biden is there to please, to keep them, to continue to keep them scared, masked, and in subordination to the radical agenda that Westmore and Biden is pushing on American people. And American people are fighting back by going to the polls, by flooding the polls. During early voting, we saw a 25% increase of Republican turnout. And I can tell you, people in like walkers, uh, in, 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 in under, you know, walking to those polling locations just so that they could cast their vote. And I can expect our turnout tomorrow to be a landslide. Uh, also, what I'm finding is the safety and security. Just this, during the weekend, yesterday was Monday. So today, yesterday, on Sunday, we had a 14-year-old girl shot in Baltimore City again. Uh, um, and this is a, a trend. We have catastrophic murder rates of children in Baltimore City. So not only that they're under attack by the uh, progressive uh, social justice agenda interjecting their hands into every area of student, of student life, but they're actually taking student lives by crime, by uh, lack of policing, uh, you know, we are short by 800 police officers, and uh, and they're not. It's not that they don't want to do the job. They were all fired because they would not take a third booster. So, so we need to get people back to work. We need to restore freedom for people. We need to. And I keep telling officers, look, you're going back to work. Just let's vote and let's get back everybody with the back pay because that is the priority for Dan Cox and myself to get people back to work to save these children, to go back to normalcy of some kind that is just leave the kids be kids, get the politics out of school, promote trade programs and trade schools, let them get their hands dirty, let them learn how to do the cooking, the sewing, the electrician work, the HVAC, let them be kids. And I think that's a huge, huge kitchen table issue. Small businesses have been crashed. So all everybody wants lower taxes and small businesses to 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 to, re, to restart in Maryland. We are the 44th state out of 45 out of 50 in the union on uh, uh, on small business uh, uh, advancements and, and because of our our taxes, our taxes are through the roof. Uh, our corporate tax is 8.6 percent, whereas in Delaware, which is by new state, it's 5.5. So there is no reason why Delaware can be cheaper from, than Maryland. Um, and and we, we definitely need to address uh, e economy. We have Western Maryland uh, resources and energy resources that we can utilize, and they've been shut down and fired. So we need to restart our energy independence. We need to clean the bay. Chesapeake Bay is polluted. Governor Hogan actually tried to clean it up and stopped 50% uh, of that eight years, didn't clean it up. And so we need to fix the infrastructure. 
Uh, so we've got so much work to do, and uh, Dan Cox and I are going to – I mean, it's time. It's time. You know, every, so every four years people run for office, and every four years they promise they're going to do something. Uh, well, this time there's, there's no – we hit the rock bottom. There's nowhere else to go. We hit the rock bottom, and we got to start the rebuilding from children, from schools through law enforcement, law and order, and uh, cleaning up our cities and bringing some peace to Baltimore City. Yeah, it really is pretty remarkable to see a country line up. When you look at the polling data from coast to coast, north to south, small community to large urban area, you're seeing some very clear trend lines about what Americans are rejecting in socialism, bad energy policy, inflation, crime, the state taking precedent over parents and educating children and not teaching them how to learn, but what to think. It seems to me that this is one of those elections where that are going to have more than two or four year consequences. This is one that maybe has five, 10, 12 years of consequence. You've been talking about a lot of realignment of Hispanic and black voters and suburban moms and others coming to the Republican Party saying we need to change course. Do you think that manifests itself tomorrow in the vote totals? I am praying and I'm hoping, you know, there's less than a million uh, registered Republicans in the state of Maryland and two and a half million uh, Democrats. So we've been we are outnumbered two and a half to one. No wonder why no media would take us. Uh, Nobody will talk about Maryland on on mainstream media because we are so outnumbered and everybody keeps reporting we are solid blue. We are solid blue. But yet people feel like they've been abandoned, like no one cares for Maryland. And we are here struggling so much uh, with the discombobulated uh, um, GOP uh, because Governor Hogan believed that being moderate is impositional on on our students uh, by social justice uh, curriculum. And that is something that every reasonable parent will reject hands down. It's not learning, it's indoctrination. I had somebody ask me at the poll, don't you want to learn about uh, racism? Don't you want to talk about racism? Of course I want to talk about racism. We have Black History Month since I came to America from socialist country. And in socialist country, I learned about racism. But guess what? That was, that was 150, 250 years ago. This is America where Martin Luther King's ideas are supposed to flourish, where the people should be divided, not based on their skin color, which is what they're promoting now, but based on the content of their character. And a lot of suburban voters and a lot of black voters will not forget the words of Martin Luther King Jr. And that is what is a driving force to Maryland. We are the state of uh, Harriet Tubman. We are the Frederick Douglass state. We cannot be segregating our students into these groups, whether LGBTQ, whether black, whether white, whether oppressed or whether oppressed. For us, it's a little bit deeper than anywhere else because we are the heritage state for the heroes of American uh, prosperity and the civil rights. So we can't just say, okay, now we're going to have oppressor and oppressed student in the kindergarten level and the first grade level. That is the ideology that has no place in any state in our United States, let alone Maryland. You have this rich history, having fled Yugoslavia, came here, became a U.S. citizen. You teach at the Naval Academy, you have a successful law firm. You know what the other side of socialism looks like. A lot of young people today think, oh, it's a fashionable thing. It's We're glad to be socialists. You've been able to bring that personal experience into this political campaign. How have people reacted to that? 
they're flooding the events. So, you know, it's almost kind of funny because Dan is running for governor and I'm running for lieutenant governor. And when I show up, people are flooding, flooding the auditorium to listen. Uh, they are trying to learn. They're trying to, and what else can, what else can happen to us? They're trying to uh, come and learn. And so that my, my, my uh, the events where I go are events that people are driven to me because they want to learn. And one of the things that are uh, synonymous to all socialist countries is suppression of First Amendment, suppression of speech. So it is, it is absolutely true. So when Zuckerberg started shutting down everybody, I was the first one that got shut down two years ago uh, on Facebook. They shut down my law office. They shut down my personal page. They shut down my Instagram. They shut down my uh, Cat Island Patriots page. I was shut. I was the first, you know, person to get shut down right next to President Trump. And all I was trying to say, look, we share ideas. We we communicate. My at that point, my speech was, how can you be defunding the police officers because they keep us safe? So it was common sense versus radicalism. And in every socialist country, the first thing they do is they, they shut down the speech and then they persecute smart, educated people. Because those that are smart are hard to get converted, brainwashed, and indoctrinated. So smart professors, doctors, scientists, all of those people fled to America because of that persecution from socialist countries. America is the last bastion of freedom. And so when I saw that they're going after me, I told my husband, who served 22 years in U.S. Army, I said, okay, honey, here we go again. They're going to go after us. And where do you go from here? Nowhere. So this is it. This is the place where no one moves from. This is the place where it's worth fighting until our last breath, because it's a fight of ideologies. It's a fight between good and evil, and we are the good guys. We want freedom. We want prosperity. We want everybody to do whatever they want. Pursue your dreams. Pursue, do whatever, thrive. But you can't sit in the house waiting for your universal income, universal welfare tax, and, and stealing money from those that are outworking and outsmarting the others. It's not going to work, not in America. No, that's exactly the message that voters are probably going to send throughout the course of today. There's a few hours of voting left. Jordana, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you and your campaign and make a final decision? So, uh, well, it's uh, coxforfreedom.com is Dan Cox's website. We need, you know, poll watchers. We need poll workers. Uh, so that's uh, Cox for Governor, Dan Cox for Governor .com. My website is Restore freedoms with an s restorefreedoms.com please make a donation and uh let's win tomorrow tomorrow is the d-day so let's do it let's do it Marilyn. it is an important election i know every year we say it's important but this one has significant ramifications long beyond election day 2022 jordana what a great honor to have you on the show today thanks for joining us we'll be watching with great interest as election returns roll in Thank you, guys. Thank you, John. God bless America. Let's win. You as well. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. All right, folks, that wraps up the Election Day coverage of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News. So grateful you can join us. So grateful we could have such amazing guests. A big thanks to Robert Cahaley, Halette Frahella, Will Witt, and of course, Giordana Schiffinelli for a robust discussion. You are prepared to make sense of tonight's elections now, at least the best that we can get you. We're really excited about that. Now, before you go, every day we shout out one of our great strategic partners, one of our advertisers, one of our sponsors. And one of them that you've known for a long time, they've been supporting Just the News. They've been in the trenches with us from the very beginning, Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E. If you run a small business like I do, you know that human resources is an important part of our job, but it's also the part that's hardest to do. We got so many other things on our plate. And if you have a serious issue like sexual harassment or a termination you have to do or a hiring decision between two candidates, you don't want to drop the ball. You don't want to make a mistake. And if you're not sure and you're not sure you have the right documented policy to address each of those circumstances, start off by talking to my good friends at Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E. With Bambi, you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at, I'm not making this dollar figure up, it's just $99 a month. Who gets an HR director dedicated for $99 a month? Bambi customers do. You get it starting at that price. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat. So everything from onboarding to terminations can run a lot smoother. Team members reach their peak performance, and your business stays compliant with all of the changing federal, state, and local HR regulations. Don't let those trip you up. Let the experts at Bambi walk you through it. Get it right. Handle it so that your most important asset, your humans, are treated well, are treated right, are managed well, so that your company is at peak performance. Now, because you are a special member of the Justin News family, the John Solomon Reports listenership, we have a special offer for you right now. If you go to Bambi.com and type in John Solomon under the podcast, when you sign up, it really helps the show, right? You're also going to get a free assessment of what Bambi can do for your company, how something as low as $99 a month can make a difference in the future of your company. So go to Bambi.com, go get that free assessment, put in John Solomon so they know you heard about it here on John Solomon Reports and get started on an excellent adventure to make your company better, to take those worries about HR compliance off of your mind. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the Election Day coverage edition. Be back tomorrow. We will have all the aftermath of the election, where the races are still hanging. Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House, will give us his assessment. He was on the show about a month ago. He made the predictions. We'll see how well they came true in tomorrow 
after the election results are in. So tune in again tomorrow. Newt Gingrich on the House tomorrow post-election. That'll be very exciting. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. God bless you. Enjoy your election night coverage. Go to justthenews.com. Watch Real America's Voice. We'll have it covered at both places. And in case you need that news fix, you want to get those results, go to justthenews.com 24-7. We got you covered. Of course, watch Real America's Voice. Amanda Head and I will be on all through the night giving you our latest reporting. All right, folks, that wraps it up. God bless. Good night. Talk to you tomorrow. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.